Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to Unbothered. Josh here, and there's a lot to get into today. I'm going to be talking about the Eagles-Texans game from last night. I'm going to be making some Week 9 game picks as well. Then I react to the Kyrie Irving suspension. And then I make college football picks and then discuss the World Series. That will be ending this weekend. A lot to get into. I'm looking forward to it. Let's get started with the Eagles and the Texans. Last night, or yesterday, I picked the Eagles to win on my podcast. Uh, and I actually picked them to win by 12. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, you know, I told my mom, picking them by 12. And she said, and I said, it's going to be close, but they, they win by 12. And she's like, well, how's that close? And I said, well, you know, I think they're going to be up by five. It's going to be a you know, close game back and forth majority. But the Eagles sort of pull away late, get a touchdown of a fourth quarter, win by 12, don't cover. And I felt pretty good about myself, not going to lie. It's nice going into the weekend or making some other picks and getting that first one right on Thursday night. So Philadelphia wins last night's game, and it was close. It was, you know, tied at seven at the end of the first quarter. It was uh, 14-14 at halftime, and it was 21-17 Philly. Going into the fourth quarter, uh, Philly got, you know, the fourth quarter touchdown, made it 29-17, and then Houston uh, really didn't do much with it. They had a drive there late. Davis Mills throws a crucial interception uh, that sort of seals a game there. But, you know, I thought both teams played well. What it came down to was Davis Mills turning the football over. Two big turnovers on just two uh, bad throws. The one there in the third quarter it was, I think, like third and four. You know, just take the sack, and instead he kind of runs up and throws it with just, you know, his arm. It was an ugly throw. Gardner Johnson intercepts it. Short field for Philly two plays later. They get a touchdown. And again, late in the game, Davis Mills has that key interception. I believe they're down at the 20-yard line. Throws the interception. So those two plays were killer for the Houston Texans. If they were going to pull off any sort of upset, which they did not, uh, but they had a chance there. Davis Mills uh, made some plays, but he also made some plays that cost his team the game. But then what I also saw from Philly is this team is not perfect. Yes, they have a perfect record. Yes, they're 8-0. But what I saw last night from a 1-5-1 and Houston team, that, hey, Philly... There's still some work to do. This team is not unbeatable. It's not, you know, one of the greatest 8-0 teams to start the season or a dominant 8-0 team. There are holes in this armor. Biggest one is their rush, de- is their rush defense. Uh, Damian Pierce rushed for 139 yards on 27 carries. Philadelphia had a hard time tackling him. Overall, Houston with Davis Mills scrambling a bit, they had 168 rushing yards compared to the 135 passing yards that they had. They averaged 5.3 yards per rush, which is pretty dang good. That means two plays, 
running the football, you're getting a first down. Houston was very effective running the football. Philadelphia got Robert Quinn. He's not a run stopper. He's a pass rusher. So they have a good pass rush now. But when this when we're going to face a team that's going to drop back to pass, that's going to hurt them, especially a big player that they missed yesterday was Jordan Davis in the middle on injured reserve with an injury. That's a big loss in of itself because of how dominant a run stopper that he is eating that. So Damian Pierce was able to run good on this Philadelphia defense as well. Uh, James Bradbury uh, wasn't that sharp last night. They were able to target him and make some plays off of him. Really didn't go after Slay at all. Went after Bradbury. Went after some linebackers in coverage. So there is ways to beat this Philadelphia team. Uh, and when I look at their upcoming schedule, they got the Commanders Monday night. Who knows how that will go. Then they play the Colts. That's going to be a big game. It's in Indianapolis. Indianapolis has beat the Chiefs this year. And if Jonathan Taylor can get going against the Eagles, watch out there the following week. They play the Packers. Aaron Jones, if he plays like he did against the Bills, watch out. Then the Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry, watch out. Giants. Uh, Saquon Park, Barkley, watch out. Then the Bears, one of the best rushing teams in football. Cowboys, uh, another team that likes to roll with Pollard and Zeke. So, really, to me, after this Commanders week, they're going to face a lot of teams that like to run the football. So that's something that they're going to have to shore up if they want to keep winning games. Because if they put on this Texans tape opposing teams, there's a way to target Philly. And we'll see if they shore that up in the coming weeks or not. But Philly, 8-0. It's hard to do. But they did it. 8-0. Congratulations, Philly. Houston, meanwhile, is now 1-6-1. And I don't know where their next win is going to come from. Uh, I just don't. You know, we play the Giants in, you know, 10 days. You know, schedule doesn't get easy for them. So, Texans fans, I'm sorry. It's, it's bare for you. But Philly won this game. A good one by Philly again going 8-0. and Now time to move on to Week 9 game picks. Not as many game picks this week because it's a heavy bye week. Usually there's four teams on a bye week, uh, but this week we get six, so we're missing you know, a matchup that we usually get. The teams on a bye week this week are the Cleveland Browns, the Dallas Cowboys, the Denver Broncos, the New York Giants, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going to start because the majority of the games that I think are going to be entertaining are, you know, the night-afternoon games. So I'm going to start with those and then go to the earlier games. So let's start Sunday night, Kansas City, Tennessee. Big game here. Somehow Tennessee is 5-2, and two, and to me it's 
you know, very surprising. And they could easily be 6-1 and one if they beat the Giants. They lost by one point that week. But a lot of their wins have been relatively close. They haven't dominated at all. All their wins have basically been one-score uh, one games. So now they're going into Kansas City. Uh, who knows if Ryan Tannehill is going to be back yet. Uh, I think they need him back. He hopes to return from an ankle injury. Uh, you know, this team has faced some injuries. Jeffrey Simmons dealing with an ankle injury. Armani Hooker, their key safety, dealing with a shoulder injury. So this team is kind of banged up here. Last year, they were able to beat the Chiefs handily, uh, just embarrass them with Derrick Henry only, you know, getting 80 yards rushing. But they had A.J. Brown. They had a healthy Ryan Tannehill. They were able to open up play action and, you know, beat this Kansas City defense. And I don't think Kansas City has a great pass defense at all. Uh, but I do think Kansas City is going to avenge this loss. I think Kansas City's going to win. It's it's too much unless Derrick Henry has a game where he had last week and he goes for 200 yards, two or three touchdowns. That, to me, is going to be the only way Tennessee stays close in this game. But earlier in the year, high-firepowered fi- high offense, they faced the Buffalo Bills, and the Buffalo Bills smoked them 41-7. to Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, was torching this defense. I expect similar results. Uh, the Chiefs acquired Kadarius Toney. I don't know if they'll be using him a ton, but it'll be nice to use him as sort of a wrinkle in their game plan. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be too much for this defense. Travis Kelsey, I like the Chiefs winning this game, uh, especially with Tennessee dealing with some of those injuries. Uh, the inexperienced there again at wide receiver. I think Kansas City improves to seven or six and two. Tennessee drops uh, to five and three. Big game here. That'd be a huge upset for Tennessee. I just don't see it happening. I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning. Another great game. A game we probably thought, you know, anticipated when the schedule was released. That, hey, this is going to be a huge, huge game. Instead, the records don't reflect that it's going to be a huge game, and that is the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Rams sitting at three and four. A lot of people expected them to be better. Tampa Bay three and five. A lot of people, including myself, expected them to be better. Uh, so here we go. Two teams on sort of a skid here: the Rams and the Bucks. It's in Tampa. I'm picking Tampa to win this game. I don't think this game is going to be high scoring. I don't think it's going to be as exciting as a divisional round. A game last year, I could see this being a, you know, 2013, 2014 type of game Tampa Bay wins. And I like them to win because they're off a of mini-buy. They're getting healthier. I hope they can get Akeem Hicks back. Uh, hopefully, Devin White, you know, is playing a little better than he has. But the loss of Shaq Barrett hurts especially because the teams that have beat L.A. have been able to pressure Matthew Stafford and this week offensive line. The 49ers twice, twice, Nick Bosa dominant. Cowboys, Micah Parsons dominant. Bills, Von Miller. 
dominant. So it'd be nice to have a Shaq Barrett there. He's not there. So hopefully they can still generate some pressure on this offensive line that, you know, it's locked for starters so far this season. They're hoping to get Brian Allen, you know, integrated back in. So this offensive line is in shambles. Also, Cooper Cup dealing with an ankle injury. He's missed practice throughout the week. He's dealing with swelling. So who knows how effective he'll be this week. But for Tampa Bay, you know, they still got players uh, questionable themselves. Carlton Davis, their key corner, Antoine Winfield, dealing with a concussion. So, again, two teams we expected to be better, uh, but we don't. I expect Tampa to end their three-game slide here. That's really been quite uh, embarrassing for them. You know, I think uh, the other key here, you know, outside of Los Angeles is offensive line, the Rams. It's also the Bucks' offensive line and their interior pressure. Last week, I thought Leverett did a, you know, better job in Godeke, uh did at left guard. Uh, Hainsey, I think, has stepped up at center. It improved last week, but they're not having their hands full this week. Aaron Donald is coming to town. He's been relatively quiet this year, not up to Aaron Donald's standards. So this is going to be a huge test for this offensive line, especially the interior of this offensive line. But I like Tampa winning. I like the team on you know the mini bye week, the ten days off. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, I think Chris Godwin. The connections there. Chris Godwin is slowly. You know, getting back to his pre, you know, ACL uh, injury days where, you know, he has a bit of a burst. He's catching screen passes and turning it upfield. That's what I like to see. But one thing I just want to see is more consistent first downs, no three and outs, uh, not putting a lot of strain on that defense, sustaining long drives, getting points, letting your defense play with the lead and saying, hey, uh, can we do this instead of being in a tight game? and keeping your defense on the field a lot. But I think this is going to be back and forth. Sean McVay has historically owned Tampa Bay and the Rams. Tom Brady has had trouble the past few years against the Rams. So, you know, are we going to break their Rams curse? Are the Rams going to continue it? I like Tampa Bay, but I think it'll be a close, low-scoring game there in Tampa. Another game in the afternoon, Seattle and Arizona. And to me, this, I don't know how I feel about this game. Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Geno Smith. He just is. You can't tell me that Geno's better than Kyler Murray. If you want to say statistically this year, that's about your only argument that you have. But the key with the Cardinals is they have no run game. With James Conner being injured, they cannot run the football with Eno Benjamin or anybody else uh, that they have. So their run game, really porous. Whereas Seattle, you know, with Kenneth Walker the third, he's looked really good in the few games that he's played. But also Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, that connection in two games has already been great. Uh, last time these two teams played in uh, Seattle, 
Cardinals really couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, not one offensive touchdown in this game. So we'll see how they fare here. I think this is really, this is a true toss-up game. I want to pick the Cardinals, uh, but also I know that they just haven't been good so far this year. They're 3-5 and five, uh, outside of that win against the Saints. They haven't put up a ton of points. It was, you know, an utter collapse by the Raiders facing a Panthers team that's absolutely terrible. But the thing about the Cardinals is they hang around. I just don't know, uh, you know, about the Seahawks. It's can they still continue this success? Now they're going into a tough road environment. Uh, you know, they're perfect at home so far this season, uh, but on the road, uh, they haven't been as good as they have been uh, at home. Actually, my bad. I shouldn't say they're perfect at home. They lost to the Falcons. Uh, but this is a big game for the Seahawks and the Cardinals both that they want to keep pace in the division. Seahawks can really separate from them the Rams and the Cardinals this weekend and leave it to them and the Niners. The Cardinals can get back into the mix if they end up winning this game. So again, to me, this is a this is a coin toss game. I'm leaning towards Arizona, uh, but I might pick Seattle just because you know the injuries that Arizona is dealing with, the continuity it's not there, and people is in Seattle. Play with a chip on their shoulder. Tyler Lockett uh, is dissing Russell Wilson. DK's playing good. Again, Kenneth Walker's playing good. The team itself is playing better than the Cardinals right now. So very interesting, very fascinating matchup right there between the Seahawks uh, and the Cardinals. Now time to move on to the earlier slate of games. Chargers-Falcons. Who thought this would be, you know, Chargers favored by only three points, Chargers 4-3, and three, Falcons 4-4 four and four at top. The NFC South, first place Falcons, has a nice ring to it. They hope to keep their good running game there against the Los Angeles Chargers, who have holes in the defense. But I think the Chargers are going to win this game. Yes, Keenan Allen has had a setback with his injury. They're coming off a you know big loss to the Seahawks at home. They had the week off, an extra week to prepare Justin Herbert to get a little healthier. He's been terrific so far this year. Austin Eckler has been phenomenal out of the backfield, both receiving and running. And Mike Williams is a big target. So I'm going with the Chargers just because they're a proven team and with the Chiefs playing so well. Uh, I don't think the Chargers can get too far behind. I think they need to stay within a game uh, before the next time they play the Chiefs in order to win the division, have a home playoff game uh, in the first round there. So big game here at stake for the Los Angeles Chargers, really for both teams. Atlanta, if they want to keep pace, you know, first place there. And Los Angeles Chargers as well, keeping pace with the Chiefs. I expect it to be a good game. Atlanta has really been a true surprise to me where I thought they were just one of the worst teams coming into the year, one of the worst rosters. They've really played with a chip on their shoulder as well. Uh, great coaching as well. Marcus Mariota has played solid 
uh, enough for them to win football games. So really impressed by what Atlanta is doing. But I like the Chargers to win this game. Next up, Miami and Chicago. And I'm picking Miami. Big addition there of Bradley Chubb to get after the quarterback, which is huge huge because the secondary uh, has been banged up. Xavier Howard banged up. Byron Jones out for the year. So this is big to generate a pass rush. And I'm kind of confused by the Chicago Bears. It's they trade Robert Quinn uh, to the Eagles, and it's you know looking like they're going to sell and give up. They trade Roquan Smith as well, their best defensive player. So their best two defensive players are gone. And then they trade for Chase Claypool, a wide receiver. Uh, I'm all for getting Justin Fields some help, but this team is rather confusing. They run the ball well. They run effectively. They run a lot. Now Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney. I don't know what Chicago's doing. Uh, I think Eberflus is a decent coach. I like Justin Fields. He's very athletic. I like what they've been doing the past few weeks, running him more, out of the pocket more. It's good, but I think Miami's, they're too explosive. Too uh, very accurate with the football. Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill are a game-wrecking wide receiver duo. Best wide receiver wide receiver duo right now in the NFL, and it ain't that close. Uh, those two guys are head and shoulders above everyone else. Tyreek is first in receiving yards. Uh, Jalen Waddell is fourth in receiving yards. This duo has been dominant. I expect that to continue. Then, again, like I said, the addition of Bradley Chubb to now get after the quarterback I think is big. We also got Jeff Wilson Jr. They traded Chase Edmonds who kind of didn't perform well. Now they got two Niners running backs, Mostert, Jeff Wilson, with the former Niners offensive coordinator who can use them well, Mike McDaniel. I expect his offense to pick up a little better. I expect his defense to be a little better. I'm excited for the Dolphins moving forward. I think they can be a Super Bowl contending team, uh, be in the playoffs. This is going to be a big game here, but I like Miami uh, to win this game. Next, Carolina and Cincinnati. P.J. Walker still starting for Carolina after an impressive win against the Bucks and then a good showing against the Falcons. Last week, even though it resulted in a lot, they're sticking with P.J. Walker. Whereas Cincinnati, first game without uh, Jamar Chase, offensive line reverted back to you know the week one and two self where it looked absolutely terrible. Miles Garrett was able to wreck this Cincinnati offensive line. Joe Burrow didn't have any time to get the ball off. Didn't look good. Uh, again, with no Jamar Chase, nobody really to double there. Uh, defenses can play their standard defense with T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, not worry about Jamar Chase. That helps out. Big loss there for Cincinnati. I do think Cincinnati will win this game. However, I do think it'll be an ugly game. I don't think it'll be impressive. Uh, I like the under in this game. I like it being a close game just because Carolina has been playing teams close. Uh, Cincinnati as well with no Jamar Chase, with that offensive line. Uh, Brian Burns, defensive side for Carolina, can be a game wrecker. 
But I think Cincinnati makes just enough plays to win this game and outlast the Carolina Panthers. Don't expect this to be a pretty win by Cincinnati or a dominant win, but I think they do get the win, especially if they want to keep pace there in the AFC North. Still a game behind the Baltimore Ravens, and then also in the playoff picture as well, if they want to keep pace uh, with teams like Kansas City, uh, you know, and Buffalo. I think Buffalo's one seed, but, you know, they can still catch up by Kansas City, I believe. Uh, but you can't be, you know, losing a game like this to the Carolina Panthers. So I think Cincinnati wins this game. Next up, Green Bay and Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. Detroit has let me down. I will say that. I predicted them to go 7-10 and 10 this year. I said they were going to be improved. Offense looks improved, but the defense somehow looks worse than last year. A lot of games they could have won, too. Could have beat the Eagles the first week. That was a field goal game. Should have beat the Vikings week three. Four-point game, an abysmal loss in that play calling. Seahawks beat them by three points in a 48-45 point affair. That was bad. Got stomped by the Lions. I'll give them that. Uh, beat good by the Cowboys. I'll give them that loss. And then the Lions... Of 27-17 at halftime last week to the Dolphins. Didn't score a point in the second half. Not a point. Uh, I don't know what to think of this Lions team anymore. They got pieces there. Uh, but I just don't know. It's sad, you know, that Lions are still the Lions. Green Bay, I thought, found something against the Bills last Sunday night. They want sort of a get-right game, you know, get things going. And what better team to do that against than the Detroit Lions? What are better things to just get things rolling, get in a groove, other than the Detroit Lions? So I'm going with the Green Bay Packers in this game. I think they win. Detroit's defense has been terrible. Their rush defense really has not been good allowing, you know, Rashad Penny to run all over them, uh, allowing uh, Pollard to run good on them as well. So, you know, Lions have a lot of defensive issues if Green Bay's going to get right. It's going to be against the Detroit Lions. So I think Aaron Jones runs all over them, runs free. Uh, and this is going to be like that game earlier in the season against the Bears. Aaron Rodgers throwing little passes out to Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is going to have an absolute monster game against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I think Detroit can definitely score some points. It's in Detroit. Jared Goff plays better in Detroit. Uh, but he still turns the football over too much. Uh, DeAndre Swift's health health is always a concern. They just traded away TJ Hawkinson. So Green Bay, I think, wins this game, gets back on track, gets to 4-5, and five, sends Detroit to 1-7 and seven and really puts them in uh, the cellar there. I got Green Bay winning this game. Indianapolis and New England. Last year, uh, this was a big game. Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor were able to beat uh, the New England Patriots. However, I'm still, I'm, I don't know what Indy is doing. They bench Matt Ryan. They roll with Sam Ellinger, who I don't think is a, you know, 
NFL starter. They fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. Brady. So there's turmoil there going on in Indy. They showed last week, you know, the loss to the Commanders wasn't a pretty loss there. Uh, New England got right against the New England or against the New York Jets. New England's played better. I think New England's going to win this game, avenge the loss last year against uh, Tennessee. This time it's in New England. However, Indianapolis, Stephon Gilmore, very familiar with the New England Patriots system. I don't expect Mac Jones to throw his way, but I expect the New England defense to run well with Ramondre Stevenson, open up the play action there for Mac Jones, and get a win. I think it will be a close game uh, within a touchdown score. Indianapolis will keep it tough. Uh, but in the end, New England Patriots are too good defensively. Uh, again, rookie quarterback back there, Sam Ellinger for Indianapolis. And you got Matt Judon, who's tied for the league in sacks this year, coming off the edge, uh, has been dominant. So that, to me, is a recipe for a disaster New England, sort of finding their defense, finding their way. Uh, three wins in a row. Actually, actually, three out of four wins. Uh, they won three out of their past four games. So New England doing much better than they did to start the season. I like New England to be the Indianapolis Colts. Buffalo and the New York Jets. Uh, the AFC best bills, the New York Jets, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson just can't get out of his own way. Bad interceptions plague Zach Wilson. He's throwing three touchdowns to five. Interceptions, that's not a very good touchdown-interception ratio, if I do say so myself. Buffalo also went out and just traded at the deadline for Naheem Hines, which I think is great because that gives him a legitimate weapon out of the backfield for Josh Allen to throw to on checkdown. I don't think they trust Devin Singletary that much. Zach Moss is now gone, so it's James Cook, Devin Singletary, Naheem Hines. To me, Hines has a game-breaking speed that Singletary and Cook don't have. I think it was a great small pickup for them. Uh, and I think Buffalo just destroys the New York Jets. Uh, let me tell you this. If you got the New York Jets defense and fantasy this week, wouldn't be starting them. Uh, I don't know if you already know that or not, but yeah, don't be starting the New York Jets defense. I think Zach Wilson's going to give Buffalo a couple of short fields with his sloppy turnovers. Buffalo converts those for touchdowns. I think Buffalo runs New York out of New Jersey since the Jets play in New Jersey. Uh, Buffalo, the only real New York team, I think slams uh, slams down on the New York Jets. Von Miller's able to get after him, you know, pressure him. Zach Wilson, of course, turns the ball over. Uh, haven't been effective running since Brees Hall's out for the year. Garrett Wilson has good games, uh, games where he disappears. So Buffalo, two talented with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. And on defense as well, I expect Buffalo's win streak to continue, and they beat the New York Jets handily. Another game, Minnesota and Washington. This is one where it goes uh, either way. Washington is playing good football. They've won three in a row. They've beat the Bears on the road. They came back and beat the Packers, came back and beat the Colts on the road last week. Now they get the Vikings at home. Vikings are feeling good about themselves. Kirk Cousins, who I feel is con artist Kirk, is wearing his 
iced out chains and glasses and is he's feeling himself right now. He's feeling good. He's six and one. His team is feeling good. I had a tough one last week against the Cardinals, Harrison Smith went absolutely targeting mode on D Hop and there was no call. You know, the rest were at, you know, putting on the blinders there and going bird box style of uh, that game. So the Vikings are feeling really good. And with Kirk Cousins getting iced out like that, showing that ultra guaranteed contract that he has that somehow he always gets paid. Guess what? This is the time for con artist Kirk to show up, the one that takes your money and doesn't deliver on what he says he's going to do. This is when con artist shows up. This is when he's going to show up. I like the Washington Commanders as home dogs this weekend. I do. I do think Washington's going to go up there and upset them, smack them in the mouth. Taylor Heineke, Antonio Gibson, uh, Byron Robinson, Terry McLaurin. I think they're going to shock the Minnesota Vikings again, who are feeling good about themselves. And this could really spiral the Vikings. Because if the Vikings are 7-1, and one, then you can take the close games that they have coming up. But if they lose this game 6-2, and two, they go to Orchard Park the following week to Buffalo. I ain't giving the Vikings a chance there in Buffalo. Then they play the Cowboys, and I think the Cowboys... Micah Parsons can feast on Kirk Cousins. And then Con Artist Kirk gets a primetime game. The one thing he fears the most, it's a big game. The lights are on him. Oh, and guess who it's against? The greatest NFL coach of all time, uh, Bill Belichick. I think he can find a way uh, to get some pressure with Matthew Judon and his defense to confuse Kirk Cousins. So before you know it, they could be on a four-game skid and be looking at five and five before, but you know, they get right against the Jets and Lions there. So this is a big game, but Conard is Kirk. He always shows up. He always does. This is, again, his former team. He ain't the one to rise to the occasion. I'm putting it on the Washington Commanders this week. I like what they're going to do. I think they can win this one. I like the home dogs. Give me Taylor Heineke. Give me the commanders. I think Kirk Cousins returns to Washington. Uh, he doesn't get a warm welcome there. Uh, I'll tell you that much. I like Washington uh, to win this game. Another game, Las Vegas Raiders and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Las Vegas has been such a di- disappointment to me. Uh, they really have. Uh, Two teams, really, that have been two big disappointments. The Raiders, you know, I don't know what's with uh, Derek Carr and only, you know, having Devontae Adams get 38 receptions. It's, you know, terrible. He usually surpasses the 100 mark. Uh, He ain't going to get there this year. Uh, Derek Carr, I'm sorry, I don't know what's going on. But then again, Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's kind of costing this team games. Turnovers against the Jaguars last week, against the Giants, against the Colts, against the Texans, Eagles. They're on like a five-game skid now. And again, this is another toss-up game. It's which quarterback is going to be slightly better than the other quarterback. Uh, Both defenses have been underwhelming. Maybe Jackson a little bit better. 
I think Las Vegas has better weapons, a better offense, but they just don't show up at times. Uh, this, to me, it's, this is a very tough game to pick. This is another toss-up game. Like I had the Los Angeles or the Seattle in Arizona, I lean towards the home team in Arizona. This time I'm leaning towards Jacksonville. However, I like the Jacksonville team, uh, but I might be picking Jacksonville this weekend uh, just because I don't know, you know, about Las Vegas. It's something uh, that worries me there. Now let's go to the Monday night game. Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints. It's in New Orleans. And I like New Orleans. I like New Orleans, again, as home underdogs in this game. couple reasons here. Baltimore could be without two of their big weapons, uh, Mark Andrews and uh, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman went on injured reserve. He won't be there. Mark Andrews dealing uh, with a shoulder injury. He's banged up. So this offense is concerning. And the Saints defense really found themselves against Raiders last week. If you you know, they gave up forty two points to the Cardinals, but two of those were pick sixes by Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton played a clean game last week. So I think the Saints, you know, can beat uh this team and they've been very competitive this year, even in losses to the Cardinals it was eight points to the Bengals it was, you know, four points. The Vikings it was three points. So, again, this team has been very, very uh, competitive. It's at home in New Orleans. Alvin Kamara has been playing really good, like the Alvin Kamara that we saw. Chris Olave is playing good. So I like New Orleans, again, as home underdogs, especially in this one, especially if Mark Andrews doesn't play. They're going to have to run the football a lot. And this is a stout uh, rush defense here. To me, this is one of the teams that'll actually man up and stop the run. It doesn't happen, you know, with every defense. Uh, but to me, this is one of those defenses where, you know, Lamar Jackson will look to run or, you know, scramble around. But New Orleans, to me, is a solid top 15 uh, rush defense there. So I think they're going to use their resources. Dennis Allen is going to try to figure ways to confuse Lamar Jackson. I think he does. Uh, I like Saints. In this game, again, home underdogs, much like the Commanders, I think they can win that game. Now moving on to the NBA. Interesting, interesting situation there uh, with Kyrie Irving getting a suspension from the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, for failing to, you know, apologize for his actions, uh, for promoting the video that was on, he posted to his Twitter, he since deleted it, uh, but yesterday he had a lengthy media session. The reporters were kind of looking for, like, an I apologize, and all he said was, you know, I cannot be anti-Semitic. And there, you know, he gets suspended a minimum of five games uh, until, you know, he apologizes. So last night he apologizes after the suspension was handed down, but it doesn't matter. He'll be suspended five games no matter what uh, Kevin Durant said. 
you know, that this situation uh, sucks. So it's just interesting, this Kyrie incident, because from what the Nets tweeted out, it made it seem like before the media session, they talked to Kyrie about it. Uh, they wanted him to apologize. He didn't, didn't publicly uh, and kind of was holding his course. So, you know, the Nets said that they made repeated attempts. They didn't uh, do anything. So I just don't know where you go with Kyrie Irving now. He's a maverick. He's a walk-his-own-way course of life, not in it for a team or an organization. So it's, you know, you apologized last night after your suspended five games without pay, which I think is a big part there. But why not just apologize earlier uh, for what you've done? I mean, to me, it doesn't seem that hard. It's, you know... The suspension is definitely warranted for what Kyrie Irving uh, has done. So, you know, it's an awkward situation. It's, you know, do the Nets consider just releasing him? Because to me, Kyrie Irving is the ultimate headache in the Nets, not just locker room, but, you know, management, head coach, it's, you know, Joe Sy, Sean Marks, it's, do we want to keep doing business with Kyrie Irving the rest of the year? Because it's exhausting dealing with Kyrie, whether it's the personal uh, time off or his you know, non-vaccination status or his weird theories that he likes to promote or say it's there's always something in the news with Kyrie. He's always missing games for one reason or uh, the other. Sean Marks uh, said that they're not going to waive the suspension, that, you know, his apology was a good first step. But, you know, they said he's going to need to take more steps before being able to play for the Nets again. Uh, They want him to sit down uh, with Jewish leaders and the organization, evaluate, uh, you know, from there. So Kyrie Irving seems to always make a messy uh, situation there. Uh, and again, I don't know why he promoted that uh, in the first place. I know Kyrie's got his own beliefs, but I wouldn't be promoting, you know, anything against, you know, any other beliefs, at least me personally. So Kyrie Irving, suspension warranted, dumb move on him, and he just continues to make dumb move after dumb move that continues to just purpose organization uh, and, you know, people not even taking this organization seriously uh, with Kyrie Irving. But now let's move on to some college football. Time to make some college football game picks as well. A big slate of college football games on this weekend. I want to start by getting into Baylor, Oklahoma, that is my first pick. And to me, very interesting game here between these two teams. Oklahoma uh, has sort of found itself after the big loss to Texas. They've won two in a row, scored a ton of points against Kansas. Then their best defensive performance was last week against Iowa State. Uh, they have played better. Uh, Baylor also has played good. 
uh, winning their pet in the uh, past two games after uh, a rough stretch there. It's in Oklahoma, and I like that Oklahoma has sort of turned it around. Looks like it, they've turned it around. Uh, I'm going with Oklahoma. This is a close game, uh, but I think Oklahoma at home uh, can pull it out. I think they found something both offensively and defensively uh, that they can rely on. Next, Tennessee, Georgia. This is the big dog. This is the big game. This is the game of the year so far. We had Tennessee, Alabama, but this is one versus three in the college football playoff rankings. This is one versus two in the AP poll. It is all on the line here. What a game this is going to be. You have the best offense in Tennessee going up against one of the best defenses in Georgia. It's in Georgia. Who do I like here? Give me Tennessee. I think their offense is just too explosive. To beat Tennessee, you've got to win in a shootout. Alabama was the closest one, 49 points. Kentucky couldn't come close. Florida came close. LSU couldn't. Tennessee scores a bunch of points. Georgia can score points. I think they will. Uh, But I think this Tennessee offense is just too much. And Georgia likes to balance it running the ball. Tennessee's good stopping the run. So it's going to rely a lot on Stetson Bennett. I don't think he can do it. Alabama could do it because they got Bryce Young. They could throw it with Tennessee. They had the weapons to do it. They had the running back, Jameer Gibbs, out of the backfield, pass it to him. They could do it. I don't think Georgia does. Georgia, heavy favorite here, eight-point home favorites. They're favored to win. A lot of people like Georgia. However, I'm going with Tennessee. I like Tennessee to beat Alabama. I just think Tennessee, they just have a feeling. Uh, I like what's going on with Josh Heupel. Hendon Hooker, to me, is the number one Heisman spot. Don't talk to me about C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or Caleb Williams. Give me Hendon Hooker, who has 21 touchdowns to one interception, thrown for over 2,300 yards, who has been absolutely phenomenal. Josh Heichel, give me Tennessee. University of Texas Southern or Texas San Antonio. Going against University Alabama Birmingham, low key good matchup here. UAB was on the brink of not being a college football team anymore. Good story for them, however. I think UTSA is too talented. Give me the Roadrunners uh, over UAB. Then uh, big FCS matchup: South Alabama, Georgia Southern. South Alabama just dealing with a lot. However, I think they're better than Georgia Southern. I think they go in there and get the win. Then another interesting game as well. Liberty in Arkansas. Arkansas, big favorites, however. I don't see it. I don't see how Arkansas can be big favorites in this game against uh, Liberty. I do think Liberty is the better team. Uh, Arkansas has not played as well as I expected them. Uh, to play this year, got absolutely smoked uh, by Alabama. Uh, the loss to Texas A&M hurt them as well. Uh, so they're sitting there with three losses and a loss to uh, uh, what's their, Mississippi State. So Liberty, 7-1. Arkansas State is 5-3. Hugh Freeze has done an excellent job there at Liberty. 
Lane Kiffin has just endorsed him as the Auburn head coach. I think Hugh Freeze is excellent. Uh, Arkansas, you know, Pittman, the coach, I, you know, after that big one, the first week against Cincinnati, and the way they were sort of rolling, it looked good. But the wheels definitely fell off whatever this uh, vehicle was, and it stopped and it's died. And Liberty is going to put that final nail in the coffin there. Maybe not Liberty because I think they'll also lose to LSU and Ole Miss in the coming weeks. So it's going to be a lot of teams that nail the coffin. Uh, but it starts here with Liberty beating Arkansas in a big upset. Troy versus Louisiana. Give me Troy. Uh, I think they can beat the Raging Cajuns, uh, the Troy Trojans. Give me Troy. Now you have another interesting matchup, Alabama and LSU. To me, this is a toss-up because Alabama has not played well on the road this year. Should have lost to Texas on the road. Uh, Arkansas was a very convincing road win, and then they lost to Tennessee on the road. They also had a close home win against Texas A&M. And LSU has been playing really well as of late since their loss uh, to Tennessee. Of course, Tennessee beat up on LSU. They also beat up on Alabama. But LSU convincingly beat Florida and Ole Miss. And I thought Ole Miss was going to be the toughest test for Alabama. I don't think so. I think it's going to be LSU. Death Valley is a tough place to play. Bryce Young has not played in that environment yet. He played in Neyland Stadium. But this this is a big game. This is going to be another hostile environment for Alabama, a night game there. I think it's going to be very tough for Alabama, who commit a lot of penalties this year. Uh, defensively, take some snaps off. Will Anderson's been great to me. He's not been as great as he was last year. Uh, I think this is going to be a good game. Jaden Daniels, transfer over from Arizona State, has been amazing. Can Kayshawn Butte? Really step it up in this primetime game. We'll see. But I like LSU actually to upset Alabama and make it to where Alabama is eliminated from the college football playoff conversation. Can't believe I'm saying that, but I kind of like LSU in this game. Next, Texas-Kansas State. Kansas State here. Six and two. However, give me Texas. I think what Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian have done, they lose some close games last week. They lost Oklahoma State hurt but, or two weeks ago, but they have a bye week, extra week to prepare. I think they come out and beat uh, Kansas State this weekend. Clemson Notre Dame. This is my last chance to pick against Clemson the rest of the season. I cannot have them going undefeated just because I think they are vastly overrated. They can drink the rat poison that Boo, the college football playoff chairman, gave them. Uh, but guess what? Both these last two games come against Syracuse. Clemson could barely beat Syracuse. Notre Dame blew the brakes off Syracuse in Syracuse. Therefore, give me Notre Dame over Clemson. I don't care about DJ Uagalele. Uh, he's overrated. He's not good. Dabo, you can stop trying to promote him in whatever else mumbo-jumbo you're doing. Give me Notre Dame at night in South Bend. I like what Marcus Freeman is doing. 
uh, since those back-to-back opening bat losses to start the season. Uh, very good wins against North Carolina, a BYU, Syracuse, like Notre Dame, give me the fighting Irish. And then Wake Forest, North Carolina State. I like Wake Forest to rebound. Send North Carolina State packing. Get that resume win that Clemson's hanging on to out of here. Give me Wake Forest over North Carolina State. Those are my college football picks. Now time to move on to the World Series. Astros yesterday won game five, and Philly outlasted them 3-2. Good game, uh, good defensive plays, really, by Houston that won this game. Justin Verlander getting his first World Series win. They get tonight off, now two games in Houston. Like I said, I think Houston was going to win the World Series before this all even started. Still going by it, but will Phillies force a Game 7, or will the Astros win it? There in uh, game six. I think Philadelphia has too much pride to go out like that, being up 2 1 and then losing three in a row. Uh, Zach Wheeler didn't have the first good World Series matchup, uh, absolutely got lit up. I like Framber Valdez. Uh, I like Philly to upset Houston, force a game seven, but Houston will win of that Game 7 and get their first untainted World Series win uh, there, even though I'd like Philly to win both games in Houston. I just don't see that happening. This has been Unbothered with Josh. Hope you all have a great weekend. I'll talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody.